Hello and welcome to the special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs discusses the importance of getting pre-grazing covers correct during the main grazing season in order to maximise quality and the level of grass grown and utilised on farm. Okay, good morning everyone and welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy. So as I said last week, uh, one of the topics that I was looking to cover was maybe a little bit in grass management, just given the way that things have gone. Uh, I was hoping to be able to pick up one of the lads from uh, Grass 10 to come on and join me this morning, but unfortunately they're just occupied or otherwise engaged at group meetings and so forth today. So uh, I've had a chat with the lads and just um, I want to present a few slides that they've given me in, in relation to the current grass situation. So. It'll be a brief one today. I suppose, given the conditions that we're suffering from, it's quite stormy here in, uh, in Mitchison today. Uh, it's maybe a day for getting whatever jobs have to be done, done and going inside. And it might be useful, I suppose, to maybe engage with pasture base uh, on the app, as you'll see later on, and just play around with it, maybe to kind of see where things are going, potentially over the next couple of days. So rough enough forecast in place for the next couple of days, but then, a bit of promising weather on the way next week, so hopefully that will allow things to get back on track. Um, but as we currently stand, obviously we've come through a situation where we've had slightly challenging weather, obviously, and um, just present the slides here now from, from the boys. So as you can see here, this is the growth curve showing 2021 and 2020 versus our five-year average, and our 2021 is here in green. Hopefully you can see the mouse there. Obviously, we've had quite a, a deficit, and I suppose when you compare it, it was quite a dry April period, May period last year during that first part, part of the lockdown. But um, it was a, a lot kinder in terms of mild weather at the time. It was qu quite a, a nice period of weather, actually, and everything went quite well in terms of grass management. And obviously, breeding went quite well as well with cows calving quite strongly in February this year. However, we've had a, a good bit more of a challenge this year, given that... Um, We've had this dip in growth, so we're behind in terms of the amount of grass that we've grown, obviously, and there's been a nice bit of extra supplement pushed in in order to fill that gap, which is obviously justified, given that there wasn't feed there to, to feed the cows. Um, and, but we're beginning to kind of catch up to where we were last year, and obviously when you look at the five-year average, we're an expect, or we would be expecting that we should get uh, an increases in growth. And, so that's kind of coming in at around 60 there at the moment and uh, the figure for County Cork, which is obviously one of the counties that I'll be looking at, given the area I cover in particular, is around 68 predicted by LED for the coming week um, and up into the 70s in some parts of the country and, and higher, I think, even in Johnstown. Uh, so I suppose grass is beginning to come at us. Unfortunately, the weather is quite challenging, obviously, with the last week or so, and that's making it uh, even more difficult so we're just kind of going to just, I suppose, give you a few reminders in relation to what we're trying to achieve during main season grazing, etc., and how to try to get back on track or what people can try to do to get back on track, I suppose. And the Pasture Base app is a great advantage in that sense, I suppose. When I started my advisory career back in 2008, um, we were working with Excel planners and so forth, but there was no predictions available or ability to predict forward as to what grass growth was going to be. You only knew what was after coming behind you as opposed to what was coming ahead of you. So we've got a great advantage in that. And for those of you that aren't on pasture base, I suppose, uh, I'd encourage you to look into getting on it. Um, and the other thing is to obviously that the farming forecast is, is uh, giving the predicted growth rates for the week ahead on a Sunday now as well, that people should tune into that to see. Because it just gives you 
it's, a, it's another tool in terms of making decisions. So as I said, we're a little bit behind at the moment in terms of growth, but it is after coming on quite a bit in the last while. So I was with a, a client yesterday afternoon and he was um, after moving from 30 to 45 to 60, 65 in the last three weeks. So um, as you can imagine, then that's going to begin to create issues having come out of a, a very low growth and obviously a flat curve kind of sort of wages is, is tricky to manage at the moment. Um, so we have to make decisions around that as to how we're going to adjust okay so just some information i suppose from the lads in relation to pasture base we're moving upwards year on year thankfully and and that's down to yourselves obviously getting more engaging more with the app and with the with the software and it, obviously as the software develops as well it becomes um, a better package for you too so in 2020 this time uh, last year up to the 5th of may with 16 and a half just short of 16 and a half thousand covers done whereas in 2021 we're just short of 18 thousand covers so that's a an increase of over 1600 covers and that's obviously uh, improving the data obviously as well so the more information that goes in the better the figures are that come out of pasture base so that's a very positive trend and as i said we'd like to encourage people to continue to do that and i suppose one of the, the measures that we would be encouraging people to do over the next uh, number of weeks we'll say in particular when we're going when we hope to experience high growth rate which we should because we've now got plenty of moisture more than enough in a lot of cases you, you could argue uh, and there is heat forecast again. It's actually quite mild this morning, still in spite of the stormy conditions and with uh, good temperatures being predicted for next week as well. We can only expect that grass is going to move on further in terms of growth rates. And that's going to mean having to deal with the, uh, the excesses, I suppose. So just to put it into picture, um, the situation for 2020 was that the average farm cover was similar, um, but the stocking rate is slightly higher uh, from the information that we have. So cover per livestock unit is slightly up um, this year with the demand growth obviously being slightly higher last year, but where you can see that we're beginning to come on pair now. So that's going to be capable of supporting a stocking rate of four cows to the hectare. Um, a lot of people, I suppose, have gone into silage ground, have gone back to silage ground, et cetera, to try and keep their stocking rate in a, a position to keep grass in the diet. And, and silage ground has been delayed and we talked about that last week in terms of what people are going to do around um, cutting dates etc but the, the key thing I suppose is that this pre-grazing yield as a factor of the way conditions have been in the last couple of weeks is up around 1600 and we know and you all know I'm sure as well that the objective is to be trying to graze 1400 ideally uh, and when we look back through the data from pasture base in the last number of years and we look through that summer period, we see that this pre-grazing yield from the covers being entered into pasture base is actually higher, consistently higher than what it should be. So we need to be probably a small little bit more aggressive in terms of chasing down the, the 1400 cover. That's probably going to be part of the strategy over the next uh, week or fortnight too as well. So you can see that obviously because of that lower growth throughout the month of April, we're nearly back a half a tonne of dry matter which is the equivalent of eight or nine days less grass and you've all managed that quite well in fairness a lot many people have uh, managed to keep grass in the diet obviously uh, and just supplement with feed uh, as opposed to having to come into silage obviously at higher stocking rates that's been a challenge um, but we as i said just by way grass has come the flat wage that we've had the i suppose there's almost a, a, a relief that there's no grass there when there hasn't been for all along and people are maybe a little bit slower to move to do anything with this surplus 
Um, and obviously, given the weather conditions as well, then the, uh, removing surplus is going to be tricky. So the current situation on farms is that we're kind of getting back to normal growth rates, as we've seen on the previous slide, we're on par with where we were last year in 2020. The five principles of successful summer grazing management is that you want to get your cover down to 160 to 180. Now, I suppose, again, if you're new to the whole concept of it or new to the concept of pasture base, you're probably going to operate at that higher level of the 180 maybe uh, just until you get comfortable with it. But if you can get comfortable with the figures and trust the figures, that's the important thing to trust the figures, um, and you, you operate at that 160 to 180 category, you're going to be going into the right cover. And obviously the objective is then that we're grazing that 1400 cover, which is good for the grass plant and good for the cow. So you should have adequate fiber in that. Um, so that feed looks after the kind of the, the looseness in cows, etc. But the big thing I suppose is that, uh, and, and this famous phrase of less is more is, is the important thing in relation to grass, I suppose. Grazing 1400 means that you, you are getting it at the right stage. So the grass plant actually recovers quicker. So again, no different to what we spoke about last week in relation to the, si the silage swards. So waiting for this big heavy crop of grass to be cut off the silage sward will result in a very white pot, which will take possibly a fortnight to recover in a silage situation before it starts to see the green shoots uh, and starts to grow again. No different to that is grazing. So if we go into too heavy a cover, we end up with it starting to develop that white pot down below. And we get a lag phase in terms of once we leave the paddock then we've taken maybe two or three days in order to get growth starting again and that's contributing to extending our rotation length so it means again we're into a bit of a loop uh, in that we end up trying having to go into slightly higher cover in order to keep grass in in the on the farm all the time as such so there's uh, just what the, the advantage of it is i suppose if we take that jump and maybe skip the next couple of paddocks that are gone too strong for us and move into the right cover of that 1400 cover that's going to start recovering quicker and uh, as a result we should have grass we will have grass then when we move back around again so that 10 days and some people will be operating on kind of seven days ahead of the herd is uh, is kind of putting you in the right picture so if you can see 10 days grass in front of you you're going well if you're seeing more than that ahead of you because for the people that aren't in, into, into pasture base or haven't gotten into it just yet if you're seeing more than 10 days grass ahead of you it means that you have to be looking at skipping over some paddocks going to that 1400 and uh, trying to get your, your what's ahead of you back down to the 10 days in order to, to try and stay on, on point basically so uh, grazing tight is obviously a challenge at the moment uh, because grass quality is deteriorating so you but you can achieve that by moving forward into those uh, 1400 covers because they will be able to, to graze a bit tighter and you can see that the lads have avoided the drop in here so obviously as we the grass has gone into the stem phase or is beginning to move into that reproductive stage where it's going to produce stem and grazing that stem obviously is low in energy um, and affects energy obviously affects milk yield and milk protein in particular and uh, as a result you're going to see a drop in the in the performance of the herd and we want to try and avoid that as much as possible but obviously it, it's a very common thing that we see that we move out of may uh, may milk figures and that they either start to go static or they start to drop in terms of protein in particular um, milk yield to a lesser extent maybe but so we want to try and avoid that uh, and the only way to really do that is to make sure that we're grazing the right uh, grass 
The other thing is to reduce back to supplements. So obviously a lot of people have been feeding heavily down through the last number of weeks in order to keep up um, or keep cows fed, obviously, because of a lack of grass. But the, the, we, we need to start maybe beginning to think about that now on a morning like this morning. I don't think you'd go changing too much because dry matter intake is going to be compromised by the, the weather uh, currently. But uh, we should be looking to begin to ease that back to more kind of normal levels of two to three kilos over the next while. But that is, I would say that the caveat with that is we need to be hitting the right grass if we're going to reduce the supplement because already I've pointed out here that we're trying to avoid the drop because we're going to drop in energy. Now that's not a reason to stay feeding uh, high levels of supplement to avoid that drop. Um, but the drop could be more severe if we continue to graze this poor quality grass and actually reduce the supplement at the same time. So we need to try to look to move to that 1400 cover and then ease back on the supplement as well. They're going to be um, a lot more content at that stage then, okay? So just to move on to the next slide. So as I said, when I started out in 2008 in, in Chagas in Kilmalik, we didn't have pasture base. Uh, and we didn't have anything to kind of predict forward. So once you've created your grass wedge, you can use the figures. So we've always had the cover for livestock unit and growth we, and demand we had. So we knew what was behind us uh, in terms of the growth that we'd done over the last number of days. We didn't have the projections forward, which is um, a big advantage nowadays days ahead was all we could work with then as well so we were using just this is what we did i suppose 10 20, 10 or 12 years ago now we in the last number of years we have the project projected wedge so based on what you uh, enter in and what growth you get for last week you can actually predict the next seven days ahead and it's well worth doing from the point of view of uh, if you have a wedge that's already in surplus and you predict forward on the basis of a similar growth rate which we would expect now for the coming week relative to last week i would think and you'll see what way is your wage going to look in a further seven days. So if I do nothing, where am I going to be in seven days time? Uh, and when you see like a surplus going to a greater surplus, then you can actually start to play around with the wages buzz a little bit then at that stage. The weekly planner then as well, will also rank the paddocks according to the grass cover. So as you've graded them, as you've been going around the farm, it's, and it'll automatically start to, like if it's going to take you two or three days to get there, it's going to be predicting on the basis of the growth that you've entered, that your cover is going to be X or Y by the time you get there. So that's helping you. So if, you, if you've a cover done on Monday and you're looking at it and you're seeing where are you now on Thursday, where are you going to be Saturday, uh, what's the cover going to be like on that field on Saturday? And if, uh, if you take that out, which you can do, you can remove it on the, on the app, then it'll bring the next paddock up for you and what cover is going to be on that. So it can help you to identify where you want to go or where is the best place to go to avoid going into the heavier covers as you're going along, okay? So it's useful in that sense. I suppose just a quick refresher. I'm sure everyone that's on will have seen this in the past. John uses it on a regular basis because obviously it's, it's a, a real important part of the whole grazing management during the, the summer period. So a leaf appears every seven days and we're getting to that phase now. We've been, we, we should have been in that phase probably from uh, the second or third week of April forward, but obviously we weren't. But uh, so we get grass, when we graze grass, uh, this is where the 21 day round comes from basically that we want to be grazing it at the three leaf stage. Because as you know, once we go beyond that third leaf, the first leaf starts to die and the next leaf starts to come through. So a leaf appears every seven days. Uh, in terms of the quantity of grass, it's, uh, I think it's 20%, 30% um, over the first two weeks we'll say. So it, I suppose the point I'm getting at here is how the fact that we are beginning to grow grass and the concept of grass grows grass 
that as we move into from week two into week three with um with covers so we're move, as as grass is growing through that cover actually dramatically increases in that final week so even though you might think you're slightly tight in terms of the cover that you've done recently if you factor in that you're going to grow probably 50 percent uh, of of the grass is going to grow on that final week then you're actually going to jump up quite quickly in terms of the quantity of grass on the paddock when you as you move into that phase so that we need to be conscious of that so that we don't go too far we need to be trying to graze down to this ideal residual and we want to shoot to be green at the bottom as i said we want to avoid that lag phase so grazing at that kind of two and a half to three leaf stage is ideal because it means the plant is kind of matured appropriately for its stage uh, of the three weeks and any energy that it's beginning to to accumulate within the plant then is starting to go back down to, into the reserve bit down here rather than going into growing that extra leaf basically so if the fourth leaf appears as i said already the first leaf is beginning to die off uh, we're obviously getting if we go back again here you can see that if that fourth leaf here is is developing then we get stem coming on behind that. So we're actually increasing the amount of stem on in the plant. And obviously that's going to reduce digestibility, which has an impact then in terms of milk volume because you've reduced energy and more importantly then because of the payment system that we operate in, we're going to have lower milk protein, which is going to result in lower milk price uh, and obviously a lower milk solids yield then as a result. So again, coming back to what I've said already, our sward goes white at the base once we hit that fourth stage, fourth leaf stage, results in a longer rotation. And actually, as I said, less is more is a phrase that really applies to grass in particular through the summer, but, but also in general. Uh, actually more grass on a paddock will result in less grass being grown overall. So the higher the cover that we're continually beginning to hit or hitting in grazing terms means that we won't grow as much grass over time. Uh, and that sense the reason, I suppose, if we're moving into 23 and 24 day rotations, as some people can be, it means that we don't where we've less growing days as such, I suppose, in reality. Whereas if we're grazing at the right stage and we're shortening rotation in line with grass growth and so forth, it means that we get that extra rotation in. So coming back to our symbol up here, grass 10. Grass 10 is based on the concept of trying to get 10 rotations in as, if possible. The more rotations mean that we grow more grass so that we'll achieve 10 ton utilized on farms. So I suppose, the important thing here is well, to, the concept that we're trying to get across is that if we're going into that fourth leaf stage and it's very easy for you to walk out into a paddock later on or tomorrow when it dries up again, pick, pull up a piece of grass and have a look at it and see. Obviously, pick up a piece of grass that's not from a dung pet, no, because that's going to be uh, driven on by the extra nitrogen and, thing that's, and uh, nutrient that's available through the, um, the dung patch and the urine patches around the field. See what stage you're at uh, and make that help that help focus it helps to focus the mind in terms of that you need to maybe, maybe move a bit quicker rather than just going through the motions in terms of the grazing rotation that you've been going through so far the important thing i suppose is that for uh, in, the increase in stem obviously reduces the level of leaf so for every five percent increase in live leaf we get an increase in digestibility so why when, when we go into these 1400 covers if we've been grazing poorer cover we see an improvement in milk solids and, in, and often in production as well. That's because we've increased the quality of the diet being consumed by the cow. And as a result, they turn that into protein and, and, and to a lesser extent volume as well. But then uh, on the, the flip side of that then, 
every time we reduce uh, grass digestibility, so every 4% reduction in grass digestibility will reduce milk solids yield by 5%. So that's small and you don't probably see it in the overall scheme of things. I suppose if you're, there's a lot of herds doing two kilos of milk solids at the moment, 5% of that isn't going to be a huge um, change or so you would think on a, on a, on, on a day-to-day basis, you kind of may not even notice that kind of a reduction and you may put it down to cows are beginning to go in calf and the yield is dropping and as a result that your solids, your milk solids are beginning to tail off a little bit. But in reality, it's down to the grass digestibility and in spite of cows going in calf, etc., if we can continue to graze good quality grass, we, can, we should be able to maintain a persistence of, of milk production for longer. Uh, so I suppose in essence, it's, it's all coming back to what we've looked at already, keeping that rotation short, I suppose trying to, to jump forward. And that's probably the challenge, as I said, that people have is given that we've been struggling for grass for such a long period, the temptation is to, to retain what we have rather than to move forward and skip over kind of heavier covers and move on into the, the more appropriate covers. But as we move into the situation of we've had growth in the 60s and 70s last week, we're going to have it again the coming week, if not possibly stronger. So if you take your 20-day round, multiply it by, let's say, say we're going to be in the region of 60 to 80 in the coming week, we'll take 70 as our average. That's given our, us our 1,400 cover. So in 20 days' time, we can expect to have adequate grass back on that paddock again. So whatever way you want to dress it up, I suppose, um, if you want to do it in terms of what acres you should be grazing a day, is another way that that's a good, good guide to make sure that you're going at the right speed, I suppose. So if you want to be grazing 1,400 cover, multiply that by the number of, or, or multiply the number of cows by their intake, which I would say should be probably looking at maybe 19 kilos as a total intake. So subtract whatever meal you're feeding and um, multiply the grass by the total number of cows, divide it by 1,400 cover. That will give you the quantity of, of ground that you need to be covering basically every day. And if you're not going through the right, if you're going too fast, if you're going through, through too much ground, you're going to be going too fast and you're going to run out of grass. Uh, and if you're going through too little ground, obviously you're beginning to plod through covers. And the other scenario that we see when we get into this plodding through covers is white wires come back in to slow down or to ensure graze out is achieved. Uh, and as a result, actually what's going ahead of us is getting stronger and stronger. So we need to try and, and see, and as I said, we can use pasture base to do this. We need to see what's coming ahead of us. If we stay grazing through our 15 or 1600 or 16 or 1700 that we're in currently, what is the next paddock going to be? What's the next paddock after that going to be? Is it going to be 16, 17 again? Chances are it's actually going to be getting worse because our demand is in, for the most cases, isn't going to be greater than 16 in a lot of cases. And as a result, that means if we're growing 80, we're adding 20 kgs a day to all those paddocks. So very quickly, we're adding um, 72, 140, 150 kgs of grass onto, onto the, each paddock over the course of the week. And very quickly, it's going to get out of our, our control. The idea would be that you would bale surplus grass and obviously weather is quite challenging. Uh, some people have done a couple of smash and grab jobs. Depending on where you are, uh, there are, there's opportunities presenting themselves as well. The leads would be very strong in the wall, no topping element. That's generally, uh, Jana is very strong advocate of not topping from the point of view of not wasting grass. But I think people have to use their their initiative here, I suppose, or use their, their own heads in this scenario. In reality, just the way the wages come, I think, and the way the weather is currently, there may need to be some topping, but 
we're not advocating that people are going to go on top an entire round, obviously, because that's not going to work either. You need to uh, mix and match. So we need to be grazing, skipping forward, grazing the right cover. Uh, I suppose if people are very nervous about having grass, which they shouldn't be, I would think, given the, the, the predictions that we have in front of us, you could leave that behind. And if the worst came to the worst, you could come back and, and graze your way through it if you ran out of grass. But in reality, I think we should be targeting that when, as soon as the weather turns there next week, that those surpluses are taken out and that they get back into the rotation as quickly as possible. The other thing is that given, as I said, that people had stretched out their rotations and had maybe brought silage ground or ground that they planned to take out for silage back into the rotation in order to keep grass in the diet for a while, there is the possibility that people can actually take out ground for silage now at this stage. Obviously, it's going to be cut later than maybe initially planned, but that's okay because you've grazed, so the hitting date is going to be uh, delayed by, by virtue of that fact as well. So I suppose we're, we're trying to pitch our stocking rate to match this growth rate to a certain extent. Um, the idea of, of no topping is probably, to, as I said, to avoid that waste of grass, um, generate extra silage, obviously, then. so But again, that surplus is, is just kind of incidental silage, so it shouldn't be part of your bigger picture in terms of what you need for the whole winter period. And if you need to stop ground, if you haven't already stopped now, there, is, there are opportunities. Obviously, you have covers that may be at 16 or 1700 now that could be possibly topped up with a bit half with a, bit, a bag of nitrogen or something like that, and could be caught in, in uh, three to four weeks' time. So um, ideally, you want to be operating at that kind of lower, um, that moderate cover of 160 to 180, but you do need to be monitoring where you are. And in reality, I think uh, definitely from my, my perspective, where this works really well is where guys and girls are out walking on a regular basis. So farms that I, uh, farmers that I meet that are walking and love walking, really love walking grass basically and do it every four, five, six days maybe during the course of the main growing season are the people that can operate at this level quite comfortably because they constantly know what's coming ahead of them. So... Farmers like Mike Birmingham that uh, we'll say won the Grassland Award last year. Mike is always watching after he's grazed two or three paddocks. He's watching, he's going again to see what's the next situation on the next two or three paddocks. Uh, and as a result, that's um, making sure that he has confidence in what he's doing. Uh, and I suppose, coming back to the, the feed situation, if Mike sees a deficit coming at him, he's quite happy to put in the meal. He gets real good bang for his buck then when he's feeding, feeding that meal because he's feeding a deficit. He's, he's not not feeding meal for the sake of feeding meal. So I suppose the, the, it's not a day for walking grass today, but I think uh, as soon as the weather picks up again, people should be looking to get out. I think Saturdays are for opportunities, uh, if not maybe sometime tomorrow. Get out again and see what's coming ahead. Even if you were out earlier in the week, don't be waiting a week to, to make your decisions again because uh, a lot happens in a week. So we're advocating the people will be trying to walk maybe three times in a fortnight at the moment just to keep ahead of things. Um, so that's more or less it for today, I suppose. Just to summarise, we need to be trying to graze 1,400. People probably need to be looking at, given the current uh, situation with grass on farms, looking at skipping over some paddocks and moving into the 1,400 cover. Um, we need to be conscious of what's going to be coming ahead of us, which would look to be good in terms of, as I said, and probably predicted growth rates of somewhere in the regions of 70 to 80 ahead of us. So that should mean that we should be comfortable enough to, to take out those surpluses uh, as soon as the weather improves. Take out the surplus. As I said, I think there is probably potential that or there is going to be a requirement for some topping and given some of the 
the residual that I've seen in the last couple of days uh, traveling around. Um, and then I think uh, we can't rule out topping for that reason, but we don't want to be topping too much because if we're topping too much, it means that we're wasting the grass, which means we've wasted nitrogen also as well to grow that grass. Uh, so we want to try and eliminate topping as much as possible. So, but we do have to use it as a tool as part of the management. Um, but ideally, if you can see the opportunity, uh, rather than topping that sward, of taking it out for silage in the next rotation, um, that will probably be a preferable option rather than topping ideally. Now, but not every field is going to be suitable for that. So again, I think people out there are cute enough and smart enough to make their own decisions. Um, I think everything is on the table, as I said, grazing maybe at slightly lower cover can also help to eliminate having to top. But if topping is required, well and good, uh, then so be it. Um, but obviously our, our preference is to turn that into extra silage. And then I suppose just on, on the flip side, uh, where we're not grazing paddocks, then we have to be conscious of the nutrient status of them in order to make sure that we can keep this train chugging along nicely for the summer period. So we need to be watching to get back into those fields. So make a mark on, on a map somewhere that silage has come off them and try to get some slurry back onto those. If you can't get it back on, put immediately after post-cutting to make it um, to, to make up for the, the fact that you've removed the excess P and K uh, from the field in the form of bales. So uh, as I said, I suppose I'll leave you on the note of and encourage you to try and get out again and walk. Um, said I'm not going to encourage anybody to be going out and getting wet today but uh, tomorrow or, or Saturday will be a good day to go again and then again maybe in the middle of next week to just keep ahead of things and try and straighten the ship again and get back on track with, with grass management because it's been, a ch it's been a challenging period and the way it's come it just means that we need to do a little bit more to try and get on top of it. So we'll leave it at that for this week and um, we'll be back again next week. Uh, I'm possibly going to look at the scenario around kind of looking at your three week submission right next week and what you need to be doing in terms of dealing with those cows that maybe haven't been submitted or late calvers and so forth. And I hope to maybe have some help from the lads in ICBF in terms of a bit of tuition on how to run the reports for yourselves. Okay. So we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Um, everybody stay safe in the meantime and I suppose keep adhering to the rules and regulations in order to try and avoid any further lockdowns. So we'll see you next week. Uh, everybody take care. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.